recording on Wednesday. She was like, but you sure they not going to... I said, they told us they're not editing that. She was like, I still think you should have your face made up. You know, I told you that. Yeah. Like, that... Because... This they, Wednesday? This Wednesday, we're doing a virtual town That's hall That's the actual meeting. interview. That's the actual interview. Well, they said they were just going to take the words and, like, transcribe it. Right. But they, it could. What if they do it audio? What if they have a no, no, no. Not that is just the fact that you're going to be seen by people you need to look presentable. Because even on you, they can because they even can still on you time. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yes, you need your face beat. Yeah. So that's what she was like. No, I think you Are should. You, you gonna have yeah, that shot do it again? Uh, yeah, we're okay. supposed to set an appointment for twelve o'clock. Okay. Good. With who? Deshaun. Make sure you get a different look though, different than what you had for the photo shoot. Yeah, I'm telling. It could even be softer because you're not going to be. There's no close-up photos or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's true. More natural. Yeah, tell them more natural. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how they're pushing it, I'm sure this article will come out um, probably next week. Yeah, the next week after that. Good. That's good. Their show was like... As I walk out of this school, you see you see how you see this glow up? Listen. You see this glow up? Listen. Their show was like, Oprah going to be calling you for an interview. I was like, nah. Come on, call on, Oprah. So I was telling somebody about um, just all the good stuff that's popping up for people around. Like, I told them about the New York Times article and um, the promotion that's kind of unprecedented and people closing on houses with Jasmine and just all the, the things that are going on with my friend who, in the, you know, got his own place and that had been kind of struggling for a while with his stability and things of that nature. Um, and it was just encouraging because in the middle of, this is a different time. Like, um, I have been saying it all along. Like I'm not really interested in returning to what was before. And I'm not sure how to define this new normal that we're kind of entering into. Mm -hmm. But, um, while it feels like you can't call it, there's some goodness that you can feel bubbling up as well, right? Mm-hmm. You can't quite identify what is about to happen or what this is going to become, but it feels good whatever this is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The, the beginning parts of it feels good, so I'm trying to kind of relish in that mm-hmm. and hold on to that as tightly as I possibly can. So, I don't know, it's just... And I think it also makes you think about every encounter that you never know where it's going to lead because right. I don't know what it was about that story, my energy that led this writer to say, you should go after this person. I think she'll be a great addition. What I just want to say is that in this season, we have to really pay attention to every person that we encounter yeah. because we don't know who we who may open a door for us right. or who we have an impact on, and we have to pay attention. Right. Right. And that's the only thing that I'm saying is because... You think you're just going about business as mm-hmm. usual, but somebody else will say, uh uh-uh, it's something about you yep. that, uh, that yes, I'm man. impressed with, and somebody else needs to hear your story. Right. And I think it, you, people you, sometimes think that you, the only people that have influence are those that are on main stages, and people forget to, they forget to remember that because of who lives on the inside of us, everywhere we go, his essence, his spirit is with us. And we really literally get to make impact in every sphere of influence that we have. So we're making an impression on people even when we don't know it. And we have to be cognizant of that. Mm-hmm. Cognizant of not just who we are, but who we are and who we carry with us. Mm-hmm. And you know, one, I always look at when we're 
in church each Sunday and and, and, and our apostle is talking about we don't just need people who can get up in church on Sunday and, and preach and teach. Mm-hmm. How are you impacting the people who you're around every day? Mm-hmm. You know, and how are you being an influence? And so I always look at as my influence or impact is coming from the educational realm because I care about what happens. And I'm not going to preach and teach, but it's some ideas that have come up that I feel like will make an impact on schools Mm -hmm. um, with kids who may often sometimes get overlooked. And that's what it's all about, not being closed off, seeing how can I impact those who are around me and how can I make a difference. But even but that is do, a sermon, so that's what right, I need us to understand. It's a, it's a sermon, even but that it's is a sermon. Not, yeah, I get it, it but yeah. I, I don't want us to diminish our work separating what is done in the church from what is done in like, industry. But what happens is people it's not only different. Want, it's not different, but what happens is some people only see their if I'm on the stage, if I'm pre no, and I see and my they're work gonna miss as, it too. They're gonna miss it. Gonna I miss see it. my work as I'm an impact because I'm in those schools and then I'm looking at, you know, the people who I'm impacting, at, and I'm not up preaching. My or, best sermons have been taught at library tables with a child who was frustrated and sad and low in their spirit, or a parent that's at their wits end and literally about to lose it. And I, I have the wherewithal, the presence of mind to know that now is not the time to talk about language and reading mm-hmm. and math. Mm-hmm. Let's sit down and let's have a conversation. Some of my best sermons have not been taught in churches. And mm-hmm. so we're going to miss it if we think that the only sermon is the one that um, is, is with, that is found with a scripture attached to it. But we are living out scripture when we do the will of God. And I'm not being sanctimonious about it, but we are living out scripture when we do the word of God. So we have sermons that are going on all around us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have been preaching. You have been teaching the word of God. It's just not been from the vantage point that people thought. And people are going to miss they're going to miss what God really is trying to do for them because it don't come in the package that they wanted to come in or the message doesn't sound the way they wanted to sound. But I'm not missing nothing. I'm, I'm trying to get everything, everything that belongs to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to be everything that I'm supposed to be because mm-hmm. some people's next is really waiting on us to show up now. Like, really, they're, they're right? waiting on that connection. Got a call from my, one of my students, the mom. Uh, speaks the language but is not fully mm-hmm. and she doesn't understand this educational process it's a lot going on in education and then you put them in private school and you got scholarships and all FSA process, all that yeah. stuff she didn't understand she said to me I didn't understand any of it I trusted what you said and I did everything that you said I have been asking God how do I do this what am I supposed to do you were an answer to prayer I don't know if Elizabeth understood or because she recommended a parent to us, of this parent. We talked to the parent. The parent was like, you know, all I know is that Ms. Bellinger recommended you all. Mm-hmm. So I trust her word that much that you guys must be great. Right. I'm glad that I am great. But you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And I don't, and I don't, I I value referrals. So sometimes mm-hmm. some people be out here like, oh, you can go to so-and-so, you can go to, you know, but no, no, no. I'm going to recommend the person that I think is best mm-hmm. for whatever this is. Right. And so um, I, it is great that uh, our businesses do align in that right. way. So her making that referral only for the end of the first to work with this student with their academics 
The student is phenomenal. Like when I say phenomenal, I mean she's a joy to work with. Student, she's a joy. Only for us to work with her, and at the end, for her mom to say, "I don't even know. I know that Miss Bellinger recommended you, but like." Thank you. Like, you guys were so... You, you were an interpret. I didn't know because it was something different. Elizabeth and I do something different. And right. so I was like, wow, like, you just never really know. One, I'm going to need y'all to get on y'all square. So whatever it is that you are called or led to do, one, go ahead and step out there have to do on it. faith. You have to do it because you never know where these connections are, are going to come mm-hmm. from. So that, <clears throat> that being there. But going back to being at the cafe that day, I, you know, the Holy Spirit be moving. So weeks ago... Um, I knew that on this particular day, I was going to Cafe Linger at 12 o'clock. Now, she and I had not talked about this. At all. And I happened to have a class that I was there doing some work there right. at like 1030 in the morning. Uh-huh. I was finishing up right around noon and she walked in. So let me tell you, I don't know. So it was me and Kay that was going. We was just like, I'm on the phone with my friend. And I was like, I need to go ahead and start getting dressed. Like I need to go only to get there early. So we yeah. knew we were going to be there at 12 o'clock. By 12 o'clock, Liz would have already been, been leaving. I would have been gone. We just happened to get there. Not just happened. We got there early. Everything was just Wasn't fine. It was about 11.30? It was about 11.30 that we ended up getting there. Yeah, so I was, I was like, up. okay. Kev was like, well, I guess I need to be getting dressed. Like, I don't... We both just felt this urge or urgency. We would have missed Elizabeth all, yeah. all together yeah. had we been sticking to this 12 o'clock time. But we just felt the impression and we went ahead and we, and we left to see her. And this part I never told you. Kay was looking in the mirror and she was like, I think your sister's flat tire is flat. And I was like, it like she didn't say anything. She was just like, I don't, am I crazy? Only for Bud to get down the street. Down the street. And for it to be flat. She was like, I, but what I see is the opposite side of her car. Right. Only for us to get there and the tire that was actually flat was the opposite side. Mm. And so I was like, Lord, were you giving my like what were you showing my friend? Like, so but she was like, I should have said something. I because she was like, but I wasn't sure. Like, is this tire actually flat? But when Bob pulled off, it wasn't like she was going to, you know, like, like it right, was right, flat. Right. She was like, well, I thought I must have been crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So she didn't say anything, only for us to get down the street, you know, and yeah. then for her to call. We were right there. We were right where we needed to be mm-hmm. in the timing for all yeah. of it. And I was like, God is always showing us things. You know what I'm saying? Showing mm-hmm. and speaking it. If you open your eyes, it's mm-hmm. not. You know, it's none of this is really happenstance. None of it. Even like I was thinking the same thing. Jen, you are preaching and teaching, but you're preaching and teaching in the sphere that God has called you to influence. Right. Uh, God has called Jasmine in this, you know, real in estate industry, in yeah. the arts, in this photography. We all. He needs his children everywhere. We can't all be in the same industry. Right. Like whether you and everybody won't be preaching from pulpits, it, but your pulpit, your pulpit is behind the camera. Your pulpit is is behind a desk or in front of some mm-hmm. staff. My pulpit is with some students. Mm-hmm. Your pulpit is with some students helping them get into college. So we all have pulpits, mm-hmm. but we have to not um, be coveting the pulpit that people are seeing, yes. the pulpit that is that is that is um, popular, that pulpit that is in the church. I don't. I don't. I don't run for the pulpit. I so happen to be graced for it, but I don't run for that. I can do it. He is with me when I'm there. People are influenced by what I say when I'm there, but that's not my greatest sermon. My greatest sermon is the one I live out around people. Mm-hmm. When I learn how to love, when I learn how to not be yeah. selfish, mm-hmm. that's, my, that's my greatest work of ministry. But you, you know, it's interesting that even if you look at the letter that a teacher mm-hmm. wrote, and it's somebody who you looking at, I've worked with you for the past five years that I never knew 
how I impacted you, but for you to put it in words, for you to type it up and say, I need you to keep this. So when times get hard, you know the impact that right. you have on people. Right. Yeah. Some people live a lifetime and never never get flowers. Yeah. And you're, so we said mm. this before. Y'all make sure y'all give y'all people y'all flowers. And what and the kids were that's funny because we watched Superbook, which is little kids like Bible show, mm-hmm. and it was literally talking about about joy, but the joy of giving. So and, and the giving is not always monetary, but simply giving a compliment, simply mm-hmm. also saying like thank you, like all the things is. We were at the beach, and I made them children to give some other kids their pool toys. They're, we about to leave this beach. They sandy. Give, give them to somebody else. They're going to be here longer than you are. It's okay. But to understand the joy of giving. Mm-hmm. So you never know what you may have inside of you that's been impacted. We normally only do the two extremes. When you normally write a review, when somebody sucks or when they're tremendous. Like this only time. So making sure that even things in between, if it's impacted you, making sure that you are giving their flowers before they're gone. But I want to back up and say how when we are, you know, that we are the church. So and because we are the church, you can go anywhere. Like you're everywhere. And I was like, I'm just looking around the table. We our lives real soon gonna be, you know, we're not always gonna be together. We'll be, mm-hmm. you know, separating in, in in a grand scheme of things. Even the listeners, you guys are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Don't even whether you are a custodian, whether you are working at Walmart, it doesn't matter where your situation is at the time. Just making the most of it and sharing your light. Because that lady at Walmart, when she's smiling and shining, she's making my whole experience great. Right, exactly. You know what I'm saying? The whole like, thank you, because y'all know this line was long and y'all need to open up another line, but that's okay. Exactly. It's okay. Because they did it. But when you when I got there and you made this situation better, so right. shed your light, your it is not about being in the front, and that makes me think about Obadiah. I think I was telling you this. Right now, I'm doing a Bible study with, with Priscilla Shire called Elijah. And people often want to be Elijah, but y'all don't know what it took to be Elijah. Like, the you sacrifice. You would stop wanting that if you mm-hmm. knew he was going to have mental battles and, and want to die. And, Literally. And, and ask God to just kill him. Just kill him. Do you want to be Elijah? Do you want the pressure that comes with being Elijah? I don't think you do. You but might want to just wait and be Obadiah. And, and I said, but people don't understand that Obadiah was a background person like Obadiah but not that he was just a background person he's over here saving prophets because Jezebel about to kill him but no one knows it like no one knows the the things that you are doing but it's equally as important whether you are a front ground person or you're a background person because you are in the front ground of somebody's life right you know when you talk about the background people I was looking at some of the photos from this week's photo shoot and one of the photographs we were in the cafeteria and I was looking at how clean those floors. When I tell you, he was happy the, floors, <laughs> the, the, the floors look like spotless. Mm-hmm. Then I said, I have to be thankful for mm-hmm. my head custodian. Because the one thing that he takes pride in is making sure that campus is clean. Now, what if you had somebody in that position that didn't care about their position? And you got somebody from the blank, blank time. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> coming, so coming to do a photo shoot and your, your campus dirty. Let me tell you but something. You I was so impressed. Yeah. His position is important. Mm-hmm. And... He, from day one, when I met him, he take his job seriously. When I get back on campus, I'm going to let him see the photos. I have to thank him for the work that he does. Anything that I ask for, he makes sure. I don't have to ask for it. It's done before I ask. Mm-hmm. But it's done so I don't have to ask. You know, it's it's with excellence at mm-hmm. all times. Yes. I think that to sum that up, mm-hmm. all of that up we just said, everybody has a pulpit. Everybody. Like literally, everybody has a pulpit. Mm-hmm. And are you working yours? Yeah. You can miss out on it because you're striving so hard to get to someone else's mm-hmm. pulpit. I don't want to have to do what Jen do. Let me tell y'all At something. All. Okay? I thought I wanted to go in leadership. Jen's job is hard. Like, I requires a lot of sacrifice. You know, I 
have the certification in leadership and I can do that, I was like, do I want to do this? Like, right. Like, I, I don't want to like what I actually like the role that I play in education. Right. And yes, I'm thinking about another role, but I actually like the role that I play. And, and, it, and it, I don't feel like less than impactful because right. of the role that I play. Because at the end of the day, the schools that she runs need people like me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right? And so all of y'all can have all that education. <laughs> but, I, right over there. but I was like, you say that, but I was like, but you're, I just feel like you were going to be teaching this. You're going to mm-hmm. teach people how to do whatever it is. But she, you she have a photography class. I educate. I educate. You are an educator. You are an educator. I'm an educator, but y'all can Y'all can have it over there. The education I, industry. In the industry, <laughs> y'all can have it. I will. I will stick to yes, educating yes, yes. others in a, in a different way. But in see, it's all important. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I like it. All heart. All my heart. That's all like hearts and minds are clear. That, listen, I, I think that was that a different was kind of heart check. But listen, all hearts and minds are clear. Yeah. yeah. They say a family that prays together stays together. But what if you can't even get your family together? We are the Sisters Collective. Three generations. Four sisters. Helping you navigate this crazy world. One family meeting at a time. This podcast is the intersection of education, sisterhood, and the ever-changing dynamics of family. We invite you to pull up a seat and join our family meeting. Well, well hey y'all. All right, hey y'all. Hey, hey. Hey, what, you, what we say? Hey, cousins. Hey, cousins. <laughs> How y'all doing? We, we are back. We such a large family. Like, for real. Like, for cousins. real. Yeah, I was really looking at something, like, you know, on Facebook, mm-hmm. yeah, where most of our cousins are. I, I do appreciate Facebook, because I get to see the, the people, like, our cousins that have kids. I was like, y'all kids be. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I don't mm-hmm. think we get to see it, but. Like, I, like our cousins, the ones in Jacksonville, yeah. um, like Harper, the, yeah. the little cousin. Like, I'm like, okay, we really, it, like, it really is time for us to. Start thinking about some family reunions because sure. we have kids now that are coming up and they don't know us and we don't really know them. We they haven't grown up with them. So I'm like, at some point, we're going to need to do a family reunion. Mm-hmm. Maybe next summer when things are more open and just gives us time to plan. But yeah. I think it's something we need to start considering. Just putting it in the works and, and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. But For yeah, sure. it's, family is pretty big to us, as you guys know. So, hey, cousins. How y'all, How y'all doing? Don't forget to do your heart checks and post them and tag us and all that good stuff. So this week um, is coming up on Father's Day. Yeah. It's coming up on Father's Day. And um, we were looking at some interesting things like some of our favorite TV dads and um, gifts that you could give to dads and lessons we learned from our fathers or um, things we wish we had learned from our fathers. But before we even got there, I was talking to um, the sisters here and I realized that we had a more difficult time formulating our thoughts around Father's Day than we did for Mother's Day. And I wanted us to perhaps explore why that is. Um, why there's not as keen a connection to Father's Day um, for most people as it is with Mother's Day. Um, I mean, there are some obvious reasons biologically because the mom gave birth to us. Right. So there's an, there's an innate connection for most. I talked about in um, for Mother's Day how that um, lack of um, attunement, even though birthed by some mom, that doesn't mean that you are always going to be attuned by them mm-hmm. properly. Right. So some people don't have that innate connection to their moms. And it's more to their fathers. And it's more to their fathers. Yeah. Or they don't have an innate connection with either. Right. Right? right. And so, but just as a whole, as a culture, and I don't mean racially culture, as a culture, the dispensation that we're society. in, yeah. as society, a lot is it's a lot less emphasis that is put on Father's Day um, than it is on Mother's Day. 
but we are innately aware of the of the great impact that fathers have on children. Right. We are aware of it. Um, so just want to chime in. What are your thoughts on why why we had a difficult time formulating it? Um, why there's a disconnect sometimes with fatherhood versus um, motherhood? And then we can talk about the paths of fatherhood that maybe we have come through. Um, and things of that nature, but we want to honor fathers. We're not we're not going to bash at all. I told you that when we did Mother's Day, we're going to give fathers their flowers as well and um, cherish them for the strength that they represent and um, the leadership that they represent in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to honor them in that way. Um, but we want to talk a little bit about what fatherhood looks like, why it looks like that, or just what do you think about when you start thinking about your father or fatherhood in general? So on the societal question, I think it comes down to the fact that when you look at the structure of family, um, the father is looked at the the financial person, the the head of the household in a sense, whereas the mother is looked at as the nurturer. Mm-hmm. And when you think about celebrating people, we celebrate the nurturer. We celebrate the nurturer. We're not really looking at this uh, the strong person, the whether you know, however you look at that, the father figure. We're not looking at for them to be celebrated in that way of mm-hmm. like gifts and, and the fluff and all the, the got it. that's something I, that's the way I view it. It's like, I think it's just the way we have societally structured it. It's like men are strong. They're, they want tools. They want stuff so they can build more stuff. They want, you know, maybe mm-hmm. some gadgets. Whereas women, I want to be pampered. I, I want to, I want the fluff. I want the flowers. I want the candies. I want the trips. That's what what that's what we want, especially if I didn't gave birth to a child for you. Right? Can I please <laughs> give me the things? And so I think that we've just amplified that to a tenth power of where now it's like that's just the way it is, almost. Like you will you will have okay the little section of Father's Day cards. Mm-hmm. It's raggedy. It's, it's, it's trash. You know, Let's just call spades spades. And then it's gonna be like trash. These these are the gifts. Like we're gonna talk about some gifts and stuff. Mm-hmm. These are the gifts. But when you look at the types of gifts that are there for fathers, it's not ties and socks. It, ties socks because y'all not shopping for those things on a regular basis. So we give you like maybe once twice a year where we will give you those things, um, and then some tools so you can go work on your car, work on the house. And I feel like that's just the norm. That's and funny because that's exactly what I was thinking, Jasmine. Like, so, but I was thinking about it a little bit differently. I was thinking, so with men, you know, just even biblically, like with the structure of men normally till the ground, they're normally not in the home. So, and who's normally in the home with you? If we even go back to originally, women normally stayed home and men normally went to work. So, if women, who do you see every day? Got so it. even if your father mm-hmm. was the provider and you live in a mansion, you may feel some kind of way because your daddy not there, but your right. mom is, is there, there every, every day. day. Mm-hmm. So you appreciate it, even if she might not, even if she's subpar or whatever, you still, her presence is still welcome. So Mother's Day is literally the second biggest holiday next to Christmas. It is. And yeah. so that, it's great. You see it with all the things that, I mean, they blow up, you Everything like yeah. Hallmark and I used to work in Hallmark. Hallmark cards, all the things, and then it's all big. the gifts because the gifts are not limited, really. Like you know what I'm saying? It's not limited because it's right. whatever your mom may like. Anything, you mm-hmm, know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Anything is a possibility for mm-hmm. your mom. Um, but for your dad, it is a little bit. And sometimes men will say, 
it doesn't matter. Like, you don't have to get me anything. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, just with my own dad, he was like, you know, I don't really want anything. You're not necessarily going to buy him a trip, but I might get my mom. You know, I would still get my dad a trip because he needed to go somewhere. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't, my dad was very much like, I don't need anything. I don't, I don't want anything. You right. know, no thank you. So he was just very humble. And if there's anything that I could get, I would probably just get it myself. You know what I'm saying? With my dad. So it definitely made me think that men are, it's just how it's structured. They're not necessarily in the home, even though they're providing and providing. Even when we think about someone providing for us, we normally don't necessarily celebrate the provision. We celebrate, like, I, I celebrate provision. Thank you. We don't necessarily ce celebrate the provider. We the celebrate the that we have yeah. the provision. Yeah. Right. And so you think that the provision sometimes comes from the person that's there. Because even in my own house, with me, I my ex definitely made more money than I did. But my kids came to my side of the bed. You know what I'm saying? They were just like, Mom, they came to me. You know what right. I'm saying? Because I might be the one that's going to wake up. You know, they just think that's the upfront person. You might not have been the one that was bringing in the provision, but you were yeah. the one that was dispensing what was being provided. Right, for them, for mm -hmm. them to see. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But and that, I appreciate the kids. Kids take more to mm -hmm. the experience mm -hmm. instead of the way that it was provided right. to even mm -hmm. have that mm -hmm. experience. Got it. Cause Cause the finances don't, don't mean nothing to a child. Right. Honestly. Y'all could have given my box. Right. Honestly. The same thing. When y'all when y'all buy toys for kids, they that just box. want this box. They're having fun. Yes. They can make it a spaceship. They can make it a, a car. They can make... A castle. It, it doesn't it matter. It doesn't matter. So, doesn't matter. And if you get down there and play with them in this box... Even better, better. Yeah. like absolutely love it. They think that's my kids just wanted my time, not mm -hmm. what I could give them. They just wanted my time, mm -hmm. and so those because why they can build experiences. And even if these experiences simply remember when we played space shuttle with that box, that's amazing. I'm like ninja, y'all special. Y'all didn't want to play what was in the box. Anyway. So I have a question, and I hear exactly what you guys are saying, and it mm -hmm. actually makes sense. So it's not necessarily that society doesn't value men; it's just that the way things are set up. Um, people are going to celebrate the one who's probably the most known for the nurture mm -hmm. right? As, a, as opposed to the one that did the providing. So that's just, it's not maybe a mechanical thing. It's not so much that we don't celebrate them, but what can we actually do? What do you think we can do to celebrate the men that have been impactful? I think, but okay, again, going back to that, our, our kind of view on it, if you look at situations family structures where maybe the wife is the one that works all the time. Mm -hmm. The father right. is the one that does that. In that family, that father is celebrating. Celebrated, yeah. yeah. It is true. So you, and the mom is seen as the one that is not there, the one that is missing those special things or whatever, whatever. It it's Each family is going to be Correct. drastically Correct. different and unique to their own situation. But like you said, as a whole, it's, we, what can we do? I think it's, again, about giving people their flowers. So the people that have, the, the men in our lives that have been impactful, I think it's about giving them their flowers. It doesn't have to be necessarily on Father's Day. It's, right. just, a ma it's just a matter of giving them their flowers, period. Telling them, and men really just appreciate it. What is, men, they appreciate being appreciated. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And so, I think if we take yeah. some time to learn people, yeah. like to really learn what they like and what makes them tick, and again, it goes back to knowing your um, your love languages. Mm -hmm. So no cube is a good idea, especially for men in your life that are words of affirmation. If, mm -hmm. So I think it's important that we take the time to know people, especially men. I think we spend more time, we spend a lot more time 
knowing the person that we're around the most, like the mm. mothers, and we kind of know what our moms want, but we need to, it would be a good idea for us to spend some time getting to know what the men around us like and what makes them tick and what makes them feel appreciated. Yeah. For some of them, it may just be they want you to cook them a meal because they are, they want um, the time. Mm. They like spending time. Right. Um, or give them a gift that is particular to them. They might be gifts. So that goes back to our love languages episode so I think that's maybe one way that we can show men that they are appreciated, um, especially when we take it down to to an ethnic standpoint, um, the aspect of black men and the stigma attached to uh, how they father. There are a lot of men that are showing you that's just not the case. That's just mm-hmm. what that's just what society has shown you the most. But there are a lot of black men who are, are amazing fathers who are taking care of the handling their business, who are in the homes with their wives. Um, even if they are not in the homes, they're not deadbeats. They're taking care mm-hmm. of their responsibilities both fiscally and physically. So mm-hmm. that stigma is really not true for the masses. It's simply what um, media will show you the most. So I think not perpetuating stereotypes, but also celebrating the men around you and really getting to know them so that everybody feels known and loved, like really known and really um, loved. So that's just what I kind of would advise. I was thinking, too, that um, the men who we do have in our lives that maybe we don't see them on an everyday basis, but we know that they have in some way... Um, poured into our lives that we have to let them know as yeah. well yeah. how much we appreciate them if we go back and even if we look at in our own family our uncles and yeah. you know people I was just who, thinking about that we don't mm-hmm. see on a daily basis we may not talk to them every day but if we look at the impact or what they poured we we need to let them know mm-hmm. that we appreciate you um because sometimes we don't. We just go years with like, oh, they're all right. You know, they're they good, whatever. But we don't know. We can say thank because it's something you've done for me 10 years ago mm-hmm. that I never had the opportunity to say thank you for. That, mm-hmm. you know, I really at this point, we can't continue to let years go by yeah. without without us saying thank you to the people who have been instrumental in shaping in development. who we are. In our, yes, in our development. Those things, we even go back to when we were going to college. Uncle Johnny was was pivotal. I mean, there were even times when we were in high school um, that they would come and get us and we would spend summers at their house. And it wasn't because they had to come get us, but they knew we needed we needed to see something different. We Just the trajectory that our life was going in at 13 and 14, I was ninth grade, I was probably 8th or ninth grade, and she was ninth or 10th grade. And our mom got a divorce from Amanda's father, our stepfather. And our mom couldn't take care of us. So we went to live um, just right around the corner, but we went to live with our grandparents. And it was really difficult. Um, It was just a very difficult time that we were in. And so our uncles would... They were always safe places for us. I'm, I'm grateful that we don't have those horror st- stories of not feeling safe around our uncles, right? Yeah. Not feeling okay. physically safe in our bodies mm-hmm. around our uncles. We never had that worry. Mm-hmm. And I know for some people that is not their, that's not their story. But they would come and get us, and they lived in Jacksonville, and we just got to see something different. They um, went to a, a large uh, church, and I just remember being at the church and being in the children's area and going to the grocery store and just dinners at the table and Flintstone vitamins every morning. I just remember mm-hmm. very little things, um, sleeping in a bed that had a pillow sham. And that was the first time I even 
saw a pillow sham and learning what a pillow sham was. And I know that might seem simple, but that those are things that we learned. And just even when we went into college, I graduated from high school on a Thursday and that Sunday I was in Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. I left for college at 17, even the, that summer and stayed the whole summer. He would call um, while I was in college. Uh, I was at Texas Southern University. Oh. And um, he would call and he there were life lessons that he was teaching even when I was there. He could tell that I was angry, that I was just not alive. We hadn't been dealt a, a really nice hand. And he could tell that there was some bitterness that was stored up, but I was still functioning, still in school, and very mm -hmm. intelligent and getting my work done. But he was trying to tell me. He said something to me. He said, you can be right and wrong at the same time. Mm -hmm. And he could, little lessons like that, I just will not forget. And to this day, he'll send texts of encouragement. When I needed letters of recommendation, recommendation for the pastoral assignment, he wrote an amazing letter. The letter was... And all of you acknowledging of the other people that are around you um, that have been that have been an assistance, that have been an aid and have been a guide. Don't forget to acknowledge those people right in your family mm -hmm. that have been there because they were literally on an assignment yeah. to safeguard you. That's right. Like there was harm in the neighborhood that we were in. I have seen, I have relatives, I have girlfriends that were mine who were not safe, who men in the neighborhood were taking advantage of them. They, they weren't safe in their bodies around everybody, but we were we but were safeguarded. We were safeguarded. And, and, and I think we can't do nothing but thank God for that because that, I mean, I was going to say on top of what we experienced, we didn't need another tragedy. But, I mean, either way, um, I'm glad that you guys are even saying their names today because I don't I don't know all of our uncles. So we when I started off saying we have a large family, mom has 13 brothers and sisters? Mom has 12? Uh, it, was, it was 13 of them, but 12 of them lived. The first, one of them, one the of them did died. not pass, mm -hmm. did not um, survive, but it's 12 of them uh, that did live. So aunt, this is Amanda. So Amanda has 12 aunts and uncles on my mother's side, and I have about 13 on my dad's side. So mm -hmm. I have lots of aunts and uncles, and I am grateful that on both sides, my uncles were, you know, they were good, whether, mm -hmm. what, how, whatever life they may have lived, I would say that they were they were good guys. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think about, uh, the first person that it made me think about was Reverend Tillman, Deacon Tillman. Yeah. Deacon Tillman was, so, I had never, I don't think, um, all my uncles were, now that I think about it, I had never really met a man that was that gentle, that was yeah. that nurturing, and that was that caring. What was Deacon Tillman? He was a choir director? He was our, he was our piano player. He, piano. They didn't even call him the choir director back then, but he was our pianist. Pianist, okay. Right? But he was also the one that directed our choir that was over the youth choir. Mm. Okay. And, and so, at that time, we were very rebellious. We were very bad. We were just bad. We were bad. No, we were rebellious. We were bad. We were bad. We were some bad little country kids. No, bad little dusty. <laughs> bad little dusty <laughs> country kids. Yes, and, we and, and anything you come with, we were just like, we were just rebellious. But we loved him, and I think he softened us. Yeah. He softened. He taught us a lot about nurture and what it looked like to be nurtured by a man that was caring. And he, again, he was a safe place for us. He and he, again, was one of those people that I have to acknowledge because he also wrote a letter for that for that uh, pastoral assignment. And he has also been instrumental. The day we were leaving for college, she when I she graduated from high school a year before me, but she stayed at home so that we would leave. So she, that I wouldn't be in that. Jennifer stayed at home so that I wouldn't. I don't know if you did it intentionally so that I wouldn't be in the house by myself or what the case was, but at any rate, we left for college, like leaving to go away to college. 
at the same time. And it was the night I'm supposed to be at school on Monday. And it's Sunday night. And I realized I don't have a way to school. Mm. I didn't have a way to, and I don't know, it didn't, no one had prepared. I didn't have a way to school. I didn't even have a suitcase to put my clothing in. We called Deacon Tillman. He wasn't even Deacon Tillman then. I don't think we called him. This man came and got both of us, took us to whatever store it was, got us a suitcase. Mm. <coughs> that suitcase lasted us the entire time I was in school, and I was in there for a long time. And that's <laughs> bought us that suitcase, made sure that we had. I called my guidance counselor, which was my mentor at the time, B. Benjamin. This lady took some of her child's stuff out of their car so that my stuff could get in the car because I was roommates. All of us stayed in a townhouse off of campus that our freshman year. Me and her daughter graduated from high school the same year, just different schools. Mm -hmm. And one of her other daughters was already in school. And so we... At her, FAM. At FAM. And though all three of us and another student, another one of their family friends, had an apartment off of campus. So she took some of her daughter's stuff out of their vehicle so that my stuff could get in the vehicle so that I could get to school. When I tell you, we have just been protected. But then you look at, yeah. you think about Deacon Tillman took time to come. You don't know. We don't even know his financial situation. We don't. This we don't know if he, could even, afford, if he could even afford that, but he did it. And, and when you just go through our life, we've had people yeah. who have intervened, yep. who have provided, who, and I say it goes all the way back to Willie Ward yep. and Christine Ward. Yep. Their prayers. Yeah. When I say that you have a praying grandma, I don't know and so we talk about me, and you can continue. With the word for me, I don't remember mom or dad ever getting in an argument. Did they no. argue? I, I don't didn't remember. See any I never. They took that in the room. And so, I, and so if the they room. whether they argued or not, I don't remember. I remember my grandma cooking, and I don't. I I'm younger than you guys, so obviously I'm younger than you guys. But I'm younger than you. But when we all end up staying with our grandparents, except for Jasmine, yeah, right. Jasmine never so did. we all end up staying there, and so I just remember dad. We call our granddad dad. Right. So dad was very, again, gentle. Like he, he was, was patient. Quiet, yeah. He was quiet. And I, I can't even say gentle. He, he was, was quiet. Just very quiet. He was quiet. And But in that quietness, I don't remember it being quiet anger. It, did, no, it felt like no. it was just it was quiet gentle. Was yeah. He was, he, he was a very quiet strength. You could tell yeah. that um, his imprint was still in the home. Um they but he was someone who you could go. He was to, funny, actually. He, he had a very good go, sense of humor. Yeah, so you could go and sit down. I used to shell pecans, crack pecans. With him, yeah. On yeah. the front porch, we would uh, like, um, crack pecans and stuff like that, and just talking. And um, I've had, you know, I remember conversations that I've had with him and um, talking about even his relationship with mom and um, nothing bad, just how they met and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff and just having conversations. But he was. It, he was a, he had a gentle spirit. Yes. But the one thing that I I, I took from the re relationship with him is that you always take care of family. Yeah. Like family mm -hmm. is important. I don't care what you may have said this person has done or whatever, you know, but you are there to support them. And then, you know, because it was like he was the support system mm -hmm. for, for a lot of people. Yeah. Not and just like us, they didn't for a lot not of just us. us because it's like those kids, they didn't ask for that. Mm -hmm. 
they didn't ask for that, so no, we have to intervene. Because they could have said... I can't do it. I can't do it. That's not my responsibility. While we were there, another cousin, Joe Justin, was there. Like, yeah. it was... it was. That's how our family was structured. But that's that's not... That wasn't just our family. That is, that is a part of our lineage. Like, we are familial people. Um, we are communal people, and generations used to live in the same house mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. E- even how we were living recently mm-hmm. living right now this is not abnormal mm-hmm. for families for generations to be in the same house um it's only when we wanted all this independence and we wanted our own stuff and where we kind of broke down those familiar walls but that separation doesn't serve us well because when you really need people when it's, it's much easier for me to be an assistance to you when you're right here right so but i think the enemy wants to isolate you absolutely and I think that's why that's a that's a work of the enemy for sure but i also think that it's also if you look at the familiar structure and having men that not i'm not saying not away from home but being uh, like going to jail and breaking down that family structure where now women have to step up and you know all those things i just for me all of it feels just like if you can break down that original structure of family mm-hmm. so that now it's out of alignment, then all things go like it's just chaos. But you have to remember this this um, this happened. You have to remember historically where our people have come from. Yeah. This is a part of what was very intentional. And so mm-hmm. the the degradation that they throw at us now, you created, right? You created that and then you then you then you toss it and heap it over our heads. As accusations, mm. uh, but some of the places of mm-hmm. uh, of some of the places of downfall that we are in, we didn't put ourselves here. Now we're doing our best to come up out of it and to live despite it, but we didn't create this melee, yeah, right? right? We didn't separate our own families. Mm-hmm. We didn't do that. So mm-hmm. one way that we can honor um, the men around us is uh, it, it was unbelievable. So people like him and, and people like um, Uncle Winston who've had an impact, uh, Uncle Harry, who've had an impact, and our uncles in general that have just had an impact. With that word that I know some women, I don't have a problem with it, with that word that some women have problems with, submissive. Mm-hmm. being. And when I say submissive, when you see a man that is leading well, submit well. Mm-hmm. But I, we, So explain what submission means. because I think Submission means to be under the control of another. That's exactly what it means. Mm-hmm. It means to be under the control of another. Control, though, control is not heavy, when right. it is led by love. Right, Control is not a burdensome thing. It is not a heavy weight. Control is actually freed it, freeing. It is a freedom that comes in, in, in being controlled. Because let me, what, what control feels like to me, control is you have things set up. You have things in place. Under you have control. things in order. You have, them you under have things under control. Yes. I, I can submit. People think that because we have this strength about us, I actually enjoy a posture of submission when I'm being led well. So when you have things under control, I am at peace. Everything because we were led, we were led by in a, in a household with a, our grandfather who had a quiet strength, but he had things under control. Mm-hmm. We were not without food. We were not without water. We were not without lights. We, we worried about nothing. Mm-hmm. When I say nothing, nothing I mean even if our, nothing. Even our mother wasn't there. We, we worried we about nothing. Were we like, did y'all lack in love? I don't know. Well, I, I, didn't, I wasn't lacking love, but I didn't feel like I was necessarily fully known. But that wasn't, that, that wasn't because they didn't love me. That was just, they were older. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, again, we're dealing with a generation who 
They had maybe not been attuned to, so they didn't have those skills. It was just different. So when it comes to being submissive, I have no problem with that because I know what it looks like to be cared for. But I also can recognize easily when I'm not being cared for. And I don't have a problem not submitting to that because I am not responsible for submitting to everything and everybody. You have to, you, as you are following Christ, I follow you. When you stop following Christ, I stop following you. And I have the right. And so we're going to go on to what, that's exactly what it says. I was like, I want to, I want to Elizabeth, I'm going to say to explain what it means like from a biblical standpoint and that's exactly what you were just doing so i was like i just went ahead and went over over to ephesians 5 21 because it says and further submit to one another out of reverence for christ so in like elizabeth just said it starts from the head so if they are our granddad loved the lord he attuned to what the lord was saying and he took care of his family my dad I would say the same yeah, thing. He same. made sure same. that that was, and when my, and if my dad wasn't necessarily walking with the Lord when he was married. Yes, to, he was. Oh, I, um, he was. Well, no. let me say this: it didn't. It might not have been in the traditional sense, meaning he. We weren't in church every Sunday, mm -hmm. but I always felt like he was godly oh, in yes. a sense. I I didn't yes. feel like he was a sinner. And I don't know if he was. I don't. I didn't feel like no, he was like unsaved. My mom and they weren't married. Okay, when did they so get married? They did. I don't remember no, they when only, they got married. They only got married. They, so you know they were together for 10 years and they only stayed married for two. And but I only found this out when we went on the cruise with mom and she had to get the marriage license. And I was like, y'all was married? Y'all, you know, that I, I found out how long they were married because it said. How long were they married? Well, at, anyway, he's, I don't consider him ungodly regardless of what state they were living in. But that's just yeah. me. But he um, wasn't. He was in it. So for me, I also... My dad, and so a couple things. Jen, I think you took something from our granddad about family being first and taking care of them. I think you embody that. Like, yeah, I think, absolutely. and I don't think that it has to be like gender oriented because it for doesn't. me, I'm not going to read these cards. Okay. Matter of fact, just tell me that you love me and I need you to show me that you love me. Mm -hmm. But my, but my number one is love language is acts of service. Correct. Right. So right. I, you know, whatever. So um, that goes back to showing yes. men around you in their love in language. In their love well. language, because some people I know they like gifts. But also on the note of submission, not just submitting, it, it doesn't just, that scripture doesn't, and we're I'm not making going. this a Bible study, but also it's not just submitting to men. We, we are submitted to each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm submitted to my sisters. I'm submitted to serving them. I'm submitted to my nephews. I'm submitted to serving them. I have to serve them according to their needs as well. What what kind of love does each of them need? Mm -hmm. I am responsible as their aunt to give that to them as well. Mm -hmm. So it does me no good to serve people um, in in high places um, properly and submit to them properly with service, but I don't serve the people around me. That's a disrespect mm -hmm. to those that are around me. So serve all the people that are around you the way they need to be served. Submit to all the people that are around you the way they need, need to be submitted to. Um, because when you do, so, and think about the head of, Christ is the head of the church. Like, you know, so for me, it makes me, you know, knowing, yes, that I will get married again one day and what that looks like. That was a hard idea of submission for me. Submit why? To who? For what? I'm looking at me. Like, in my relationship being with the woman, it was, we submissioned, we, you know, it was very important for me to be, we're going to be equals up in here, okay? Pay right. half of these bills. And that's already we, out of, out of out, the It's already out of order. Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, but thinking about submission, I like the idea. Men have a harder, not harder. Their role is bigger. 
know what I'm saying? When if we look at Ephesians five, their role, their their shoulders have to be broader. Okay, I'm okay. Like Elizabeth said, if you are leading well, like if you're leading well, and I have to fall under you because even now, if you because you're taking care of things, it makes you have to relax. So now it makes me think about right now with God being in control of my life, I don't have to be I'm in such ease. control. I'm at ease I'm because at ease. I don't. I don't have to take all these things on my shoulder because I know you said you're going to provide. Now, for me being someone who believes in control, I had to learn to submit to the Lord because I was used to taking things into my own hands and making it happen. Now, the Lord is like, let me do this. But I'm all, I also know that I'm learning a lesson of submission Correct. from the Lord. Correct. So with all that being said, I want to thank a few people. My dad is no longer here. So I would say that he definitely gave a good example of of um, like loving me, you know, loving and being supportive and things like that. He was very much, and I love to hear you guys talk about my dad because I think I didn't experience him the same way that yeah. you guys got to experience mm -hmm. him. So I feel like I get to know more parts of him through you guys right. than I did. Because he was just, even if you look at when we were growing up, he was that provider. And then mm -hmm. even the exposure, something said, we take for granted now because we go back and look at when we were growing up, we were going to restaurants. Like at a, it what wasn't was popular. Like at that time we were going out to dinner. You have to remember we were we were in what would have been considered, I suppose, the projects. It was just an apartment. But we complex. didn't know it was the project. But we didn't we didn't even know we were poor until we and, and in some instances, but because the people around us we lived better than most of them because both of our parents worked at Disney. Disney was the creme de la creme of jobs, right? He, at that time. At that and time, then our next door neighbors, their parents, I think, worked at Disney or worked something. Worked at Disney as well. But it was a, the mother and the father in the household. So, we didn't know We really, didn't grow up we, in a broken home situation. Yeah, like we, and we didn't, didn't know we like were that. really poor until they separated. Until no, they, sep yeah, it was separate, when they separated. And we went to Oakland and it just, because everyone felt around different. us felt poor. Yeah. Uh, right, because so, we didn't know because we were on the weekends we were going out to dinner and we were going um, to the movies and we were doing all these things and then we moved to and then we moved to Oakland it was like we're in a one room we're in a one room house like it was a how do we go change. to how do we go change. from Three three bedrooms to now one room. So you're you're trying to figure all we that out. It. Nobody said it. But what I do remember about him as a father, though, why I, and he always felt godly to me. I remember the the quartet music he used to always play. Oh yes. Um, yes. and so yes, he yes. was. The, our home was always filled with God. Yes. Even mm -hmm. even if we weren't at church every Sunday, our home was filled with God. But that came in my mind. That came because that was a result of his relationship with God. Yeah. So we might not see him as saved because of how he was, you know, shacking up, but he I re revere him as a godly man. Even even at that even even before he became a pastor, I've only known him as a godly man. And always I said that because he would say to me he's like when I was with your mama I I was out of order. I wasn't living right. So that was his truth. He wanted yeah, something he understood so, that. So when they separated, he was like I wanted your mom back. My dad loved mom. Like he was like I wanted her back. I kept asking her, you know, he wanted to be with her. But anyway, so that, that was my dad. But also, I remember Uncle Jesse, when we lived in Ohio, Uncle Jesse came and got us from Ohio. Like, we needed to come back. He came and got us, packed mm -hmm. our stuff. And I remember Uncle Jet, 
Jesse. No, that's Jesse. Uncle Johnny. Johnny. When I left and went to UF, he came oh, on yeah. a bicycle. Oh yeah, he came I remember that. And I don't remember ever speaking to Uncle Johnny a day in my life. Like I don't. I remember they came it didn't to matter. Oakland. All he knew. Matter. I remember they All came he to knew, Oakland. This is my sister child. This is my niece, and my niece needs something. I got. Yep. And so I was, I, and his children went to UF too. So yeah. I got to see them, and I don't. I remember them coming to Oakland because we played kickball. You know, I remember all that, but I don't really remember him. But I remember when I left to go to school, he was right there. Wow. Yeah, so he was literally like right there. And I remember seeing Heather and Johnny. Is it Johnny Jr.? What's John, name? Uh, Jonathan. It's Jonathan. But he, uh, I was like, is it Johnny Jr.? Johnny Jr. 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 Sorry, cousin Jonathan. It's Jonathan. Anyway, um, <laughs> but I was like, he didn't have to do that. Like, nope. I don't, mm-hmm. it, didn't, it was almost as if I didn't know him. But he so knew he was there to support I, me. And I think the importance of all of, of yeah. what we're saying is that just remembering the things that the father figures have done, mm-hmm. no matter how small, how grand, but they have been instrumental. And mm-hmm. we can't forget about that because sometimes we look at it as, Oh, you only did this. You no. what you gave me the hundred dollars? No you know what I'm saying? No but no. we still, we still have to be respectful and remember that no, you pour into my life and what you do on this has value. And right. mm-hmm. but because sometimes I think if we don't let people know that, they might they not know. know. They may not know the value. But they that they it's have. almost as if because the, the fact that he was there for you guys as well. It's he didn't even. It's he did it. It felt like even if I didn't say thank you, mm-hmm. he took me to Target. He was like, what kind of bike did you want? I was like, but why do I need a bike? Like, I don't. But he knew because his children were in college and UF is huge. Yeah. He knew that I was going to need a bike. Because you don't have a car. I didn't have, I didn't have a car. So, you know, I didn't know, but I, I was like, I don't know. So he helped me pick out a bike. He got me a lock. He helped me show how to lock it up. Like, even, and I even think he gave me some money before he left. And I was like, I don't know this man at all. I know that he is my mom's brother who slightly looks like my mama. Right. And I don't know them, but he's helping. Thank you. Yeah. I don't. My dad. It wasn't. My dad didn't come to do that. My dad might not even know that. He was might not that even know that was something mm-hmm. that I needed. Mm-hmm. But and I would say that they were in a different financial bracket. I'm sure mm-hmm. then. But he knew, and I was beyond grateful that he. Now my bike got stolen that first semester. That summer, apparently I must not have locked it up right or something. It got stolen. Thank God for financial aid. I was able to buy me another bike. But I now knew, but I was, but anyway, so yes, so, and I don't really remember Uncle Harry, I don't, I, only now, I don't, Uncle Harry, Uncle Winston, I don't remember, I don't remember them. Like growing up. I remember them growing up, or even now in my adult life, like mm-hmm. I don't necessarily, you know, talk to them like that. And you haven't life. been around. I haven't been around them, but I would have to say that I appreciate even things that they've done. I've seen, you know, that they've done for other family members just being there, and I would just, ma- the male figure in life um i think just honoring it it's different than even if they're not a dad figure i would i mean i would say those things that they did for us were like paternal things they were it was protection yeah it was it was um uh protection and provision it was the things that we look for in um father figures but i also want to maybe talk to people who don't have great relationships with their fathers or who carry um, a father wound who um, are dealing with fatherlessness and the rejection that comes with that. I understand that I've lived it 
um, and thank God had have come through that. But don't let that wound stop you from being appreciative of the people who have been father-like figures to you mm -hmm. because they still deserve honor. And dig right? deep. They Find deserve someone. honor. Find, and, and like I said with the with, with Mother's Day, some people, their mothers have gone on the glory. Their mothers are not here anymore. And Mother's Day isn't, isn't a pleasant day for you. So just like I did for that day, on Father's Day, you might have some fathers around who have lost their children. You need to be to them what they need while they can be to you what you need. Mm -hmm. But honor the people around you that have played a paternal roles in your life. It could be a phone call. Like I literally am going to make some phone calls just to make sure that people honestly and genuinely know the role and the impact that they have had on our lives. No day is guaranteed. People are, are, are leaving here faster than, than we can blink eyes. Hold so my it's going to be important. me on a Saturday and he was gone on a Wednesday. Isn't that how it happened? Mm -hmm. he, was, mm -hmm. he moved me on Saturday. He was dead on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So listen. He was supposed to do something. No, he went to Bible study, prayer meeting and something on Tuesday. And he was dead Wednesday. Listen, you don't yeah. don't waste time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't waste time um, thinking about what you don't have. You'll spend so much time thinking about who is not there that you'll forget to honor that mm -hmm. the person that is there. Mm -hmm. So if, if that's anything I could say is is really capitalize on the moment to honor those that are around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, all right. Well, happy Father's Day, man. I, I know. Father's I know. Day. Any other gift ideas? You, if gift ideas you guys want to share? Oh, like I was thinking about like Godfathers, like God. All of them. Like, I don't know. Amari has I, I think you just have to really, for me, when it comes to gifts, you have to know what that person likes. Yeah. Don't get something that you know they won't value. It's because we're being lazy and like, oh, I'm just going to rush and go get some. This gift card. That don't really matter. No. What does that person, you need to know the person and what would they really value. And, and it's okay, honestly, it's okay to ask them if you have not taken the time to know the things they would mm -hmm. like, you can ask. What 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 kind of gift would make you happy? Mm -hmm. What is it that I could give you that that you would need? They might not quite know what they need or what they want, but people tell you who they are if you just stop to listen long enough, right? That's true. So mm -hmm. think about some of the things that would uh, would add to the life that they have right now. Mm -hmm. um, are they are they into garden? Do they garden? Are they? Do they have a vegetable garden in their yard? Do they need supplies? Do they need more vegetables? Like, find something that they can actually use. Mm -hmm. That, if that's the kind of things that they like. But I think, as far as gifts are concerned, you got You got to really know what the person, right. what their love language is, and what's gonna what's gonna add value to their life. Right. But whatever you do, don't hold back um, your love and your appreciation for people. For sure. Yeah. All Happy right. Father's Day to all of the dads out there and all those that are doing their best to, to take care of children. And in, even if you're those that are in situations with mamas that are not cooperative and children that might not be cooperative who aren't in a healed place to receive the love mm -hmm. that you give. Um, uh, do your best to, to communicate with them on days like this as well. I know it's your day to be celebrated, but as the head, as the lead, as you can... Um, in maturity, try to build a bridge. This is a season where we can't afford to have broken down bridges because we ultimately need each other. And so I do wish a happy Father's Day to all the fathers and father-like figures that are out there. And Because yeah. um, a whole lot of men out there raising kids. That are they are doing it. And it's a lot of them that are that are doing the doggone thing. I know there's some that are piss poor at it, but I know there are others. <laughs> we want a major on the minor. What we will say is we want to honor the men that are what being good dads, yeah. That's right. that are handling their business. So y'all the real, y'all the real ones. Mm -hmm. Y'all the real MVPs. 
Cause you're a real one. Cause you're a real one. That's a song. I don't know, but we can make it to a okay. song. We'll, no. we'll make one. Cause no. you're a real one. Uh, you okay, but we ain't got nothing else. Y'all done? <laughs> I'm done. We're done. Okay. Bye. 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 <laughs>